0: Everybody and welcome to Investing on a Budget, College Edition. It's our very first episode, and I'm so excited to get into it. I'm Quinn, and this is my co-host, Beckham.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm really excited to get into this week, and let's hope this podcast goes great.
0: So this week's topic, our very first topic, is why should I invest? Or more appropriately, why should you invest, our listeners? So first, we're going to get into a little bit of our financial week, what we've done this week. We're going to do that at the beginning of every episode. Then we're going to move on to a more informative segment. And then we'll move on to kind of discussing and debating pieces of it. We'll go over some frequently asked questions, some common myths, and we'll, at the end, we'll give you a couple of extra resources that you can go to if you feel like doing a little bit more work or getting a head start of the next episode. I'm really excited. Beckham, you excited? Hell yeah. Let's do it. Alright, so we're going to start every episode with just an honest look at our finances and how we're doing this week, so you can kind of see how our journey goes along as yours does. Obviously, we might be a little bit further along or less far along, depending on who you are, but hopefully just kind of hearing that other people are going through the same struggles or having the same successes as you makes you feel a lot better and a lot less alone.
1: So I'm gonna be looking at my spending, but since it's a new month, I'm gonna be looking at my January spending, which has oh to be Lord. around 600 bucks, which is that's so normal. A lot for me personally. Yeah, me too. Lots of categories. I don't don't know if I want to break this down any further. Oh, it's the
0: time that's the problem.
1: Anyways, I have eight different categories I apparently spent on that include like transportation, health, restaurants and dining, shopping, entertainment, travel, cash and check. Not sure what that was, and education and finance.
0: Bro bro only paid $16 to be educated. Damn, I'm paying more than that. So for me personally, I didn't spend much this last week or even in the month before we did grow up in a place and we were back home for winter break where there's absolutely fucking nothing to do. Personally, what I did was I went with my girlfriend and I went and got food and I went with my girlfriend and we went to like walk around the town that we grew up in and that kind of stuff. Spent a lot of money over break. Not too proud of it. Three, four hundred bucks. Nothing like Beckham. I don't know what he did. Yeah, it wasn't a great spending month in December. Also, you got gifts for Christmas and all that stuff. In good news, I did get $10 of interest in the last month because of my high-yield savings account, which is very, very nice. Yeah, I didn't I didn't spend too much this last week. I think we went and played pool once at the student center, mm, and I probably. paid for it. But other than that, I don't think I spent anything in the last week. Yeah. Right, what about you, Beckham?
1: No, I always, look at, I always look forward to the end of the month so I can get my interest for my high-yield savings account. That came in only $3, but, you know, uh,
0: you lose. it's, it's better
1: than the... 0.01% I get in my Bank of America savings account.
0: Yeah, let, let, me see what, let me see what I got for my checking account in interest last month. Three cents, that's
1: yeah, see, that's great. That's the perk of having a higher savings two. account, you get so much more interest. I'm probably gonna go through my trade that I did with Fidelity this week. Go for it, I'll go over mine from Robinhood. I did end up buying my first individual stocks ever in history Gen- on January 26th. Two full shares of Microsoft for $808. Oh, you and your Microsoft. You're not going to talk about Microsoft?
0: No, I just did. Oh, fuck. I wasn't listening. My bad, guys. (laughs) We're making a fucking podcast together.
1: No, but I did actually buy more of the S&P 500 ETF. Oh, and then I also bought more of the QQQ. I had to, like, reallocate my funds.
0: I'm a big champion of index funds. I love them. A little over half a share of the S&P 500 and a little over half a share of QQQ. I honestly am way too dumb to even sort of know how to work Robinhood, so I don't know how to see my trades. I probably didn't buy anything. What do I do? I do like 40 bucks into the QQQ and like 20 bucks into S&P 500 every month. Uh, Hopefully these weeks continue to be great, but I'm not going to lie to you, Beckham. I feel great about my stocks. I do not have great spending habits. So hopefully having to report, like self-report, like in Among Us. I'm gonna, I'm cutting that. I'm not gonna be a fucking please. iPad kid. Now, now I'm keeping it cause you said that. You know, having to self-report what I do every week is probably gonna help me work on my spending and spend less money on food, especially. Alright, so we're gonna go to our first ad break, which if you're listening as this actually comes out, there's probably not gonna be an ad there. If you're coming back, please, future us, have made a successful podcast and keep doing this. I believe in us. I really have faith. Thank you guys for coming in. We'll see you in a second. Beckham, I know you did a lot of research on why people should invest and let's let's hear what you let's see what you found.
1: Yeah, so for me there's three main reasons why you should invest. One is growth, one is that it's gonna help you reach your short and long-term goals, the one is that you shouldn't be scared of the stock market. Mm-hmm there's a lot of myths that you hear. They simply aren't true.
0: And we're actually going to go over those myths later in the episode. Stay tuned.
1: So first part is growth. Obviously, you're definitely going to get higher returns from the stock market than you are in a traditional savings account. The FDIC actually reported that the average interest that you receive from a traditional savings account is only 0.46%. That's honestly more than I receive in my traditional savings account. but that's still very low compared to, what you could be earning in the stock market Over a century of time, the market has proven, has increased on average by 10%.
0: Oh yeah, actually, I have notes about just exactly this, about saving. So a a big reason people invest is to save money. So when you're planning to save long-term, the market really does average a much higher increase in value than most, if not all, savings accounts. I should note before I get into this, that if you're planning to save the money for a shorter period than like two to three years, it's probably not a great idea to invest that money because when you need to get it out, it might be down. To go back onto the pro stock, side, the average return of the stock market, particularly the S&P 500, it's around 10% per year. You're often going to hear seven, but that's adjusted for inflation. And personally, I think it's really interesting that when we talk about banks' interest, we don't include inflation. Yet, when we talk about the stock market, we always subtract that 2.6% for really no reason.
1: That's actually a great point. I... Did not bring that up.
0: Another reason that people like to invest or decide to invest is to resist inflation, like I was just talking about, like I was just talking about. According to Investopedia, the stock market is one of your best tools to combat inflation. Why don't we look at it this way? Here's an example in soccer terms, because you're going to get used to this. I talk about soccer a lot. Uh, I've personally been saving money for a few years to attend the World Cup in 2026. As soon as they announced in 2018 that we were going to get that World Cup, I started saving. Young little me. God, I was 12 years old at the time. Put aside pretty much everything I had saved up, which was about 160. dollars and I put them away so I could buy four tickets in the future because I looked it up and local residents got tickets for 40 bucks. However, recently, as I was doing research for this episode, I was looking at how much they're expecting US tickets to be. For local residents, they're expected to be a little bit over 80 bucks for the average game. It's about double what the price was, which means that my money's worth about half what it was. So if I had invested that 160 bucks, I would have $304 now and I'd only be $16 away from breaking even and being able to afford four tickets. Instead, I didn't invest it till I turned 18 and while I do have way more than enough money, money now. I had to put way more of my money in that could have gone to something else had I just invested from the start.
1: And then another reason why people invest or why you should invest is that the stock market can help you reach your short and long-term financial goals.
0: Give me another reason, Beckham. Go for it.
1: I don't think we've talked about this yet, but the effects of compounding interest over time, that's just key to your success. Because over time, that money is going to exponentially grow. So let's say if you have $1,000 and you get that 10% increase, you're going to have $1,100. But by the end of 10 years, you're going to be looking around $2,500. So that is quite a return. That's almost a $1,500 return.
0: So if you heard a weird cut there, that's because I was coughing my lungs up. One more reason that I have, I do feel like it's important to acknowledge is that some people use the stock market to make money. I personally do not use it for this purpose, but it can become a really good side hustle or even a full-time job for some people. I cannot responsibly recommend this as according to the New York Times, on average, about 25% of professional investors perform better than the market as a whole. And if that's the stat for the pros, we're we're fucked. It's hard to imagine any of us being able to consistently outperform the market. My advice is to look into index funds. We're going to talk about them a little bit later in this episode. And we do plan on discussing index funds in the next few weeks, expect it maybe in the next month or two. Many people do think that the stock market is a place to get rich quick. But even for the best, it's a multi-year, or even a multi-decade plan to gain wealth. Beckham, what do you have to say to these people who think that the stock market can get them rich just like that?
1: Yeah. So when you enter the stock market, you should understand that you're not going to make this enormous amount of money immediately. It's going to take time for your money to grow. So, to
0: continue on this get-rich-quick idea, it's not going to look like the Wolf of Wall Street. And I bring this up because I have a wonderful story about Beckham, where we were in our room, as we we do. We're college kids. We're college roommates. That's kind of what we do. We got we got a little TV. We, we were watching a movie. We, we decided to watch Wolf of Wall Street because, you know, we got to be the average teenagers because we can't be special. <laughs> Beckham turns it on and you know, it's, it's a fine movie. I don't want to, I don't want to hate on it. It wasn't my favorite movie. It was kind of overrated in my opinion, but we get to the end. Beckham says zero words through the entire thing. And then he goes, they barely talked about stocks in the whole thing. As though that, that was what he was expecting from the whole thing. It's completely unrelated to the rest of this episode. I just, I felt like telling that story and embarrassing Beckham on public air. So now this section is a little bit more of a discussion or a debate about the topic we've had today. So today, obviously, was why should I invest? We don't really have much disagreement, as you heard earlier, but we we thought we'd talk a little bit more about why we personally invest. So maybe that gives you a reason to look at the stock market or get your way into the stock market. You know, Beckham, why do you invest?
1: I'm best for two reasons. Honestly, I'm best to get some practice so I can understand what I'm doing, and then once I understand what strategies work for me. I'm going to use those to the future. So it's just kind of like figuring out what I like. But the second reason is ultimately retirement. I'm trying to set those habits so I can reach that goal. And I'm going to throw the same question at you, Quinn. Uh, So for me, it's a lot more, I don't know that it's quite
0: short-term. I have two investing accounts. So I use Robinhood for kind of short-term stuff by short term I mean like you know 2 to 3 years so for Copa America's coming up and so is the World Cup I want money to go to those I want money to take my girlfriend out that kind of stuff big big deal things go on trips that kind of stuff not like the smaller everyday purchases not like a checking account when are you trying to retire like are you trying to retire really early are you trying to retire a little early and what are you going to do with that time
1: I don't think crazy early, but I want to retire not like not my late 50s, certainly not my 60s, preferably maybe late 40s, early 50s. So just give me like a head start and then maybe I can focus my time to something I really enjoy or give back to the community in some way.
0: Yeah, that, that makes sense. I honestly don't think that far ahead. I do have a Fidelity account that has my longer term investments. Personally, I don't really know as much as you do with that kind of stuff. So I, I keep most of my money just in an index fund. I know you got the whole targeted shit. Why don't you talk a little bit more about that? Not only for the audience, but for me, I have no fucking clue what that is.
1: Yeah, so um, right now, I just have three index funds. One's considered a target date index fund, and the two are just index funds. And then I have FFIJX, which is a targeted index fund, like I mentioned. What a targeted index fund is, it has U.S. stocks, international stocks, and it has U.S. bonds. But what's so special about it is that it automatically reallocates, reorganizes your portfolio to match your age or or the retirement goal. So mine is 2065. So I'm planning to retire 2065, which is really early. For me, honestly. That's 40,
0: that's 40 years from now. The
1: only reason why I have that one... Wait, uh, that's, 20, that's
0: late 50s. That's normal.
1: I, but 2070 doesn't exist. That's what... Uh,
0: I makes sense, makes sense. But it
1: doesn't exist yet. But they're basically the same thing. Right now, it's going to be super aggressive. Older, it's going to shift towards bonds. So it's going to be less aggressive, more secure, and less volatility. So I'm not going to be losing lots of money when I'm older and I'm near my retirement.
0: A little bit like parking the bus when you're up too low at the end of the game, huh? I guess. Just hope your stock manager isn't fucking and pep guardiola.
1: Where are you invested
0: in, Gwen? Uh. Um I I'm a tech guy, I'm a comp sci major. I love coding. I've spent my whole life coding, so I really invest in the QQQ because I feel like I can I can like re- not only relate to it, it's the wrong word, but like I, I have some not only monetary investment, but emotional investment in it too. And if I get to work towards, you know, sort of bettering that, that field, it's really cool to see that I have money in it too. I mean, obviously I think there's some rules if my company ever became a QQQ company about investing in it, but not even worried about that yet. Fuck that. Um, that's, that's where I keep most of my money. I play around with individual stocks, but I try to play with really small numbers, you know, like 10, 20 bucks just to kind of watch the market move, stuff I care about. And it's, I know it's a bad habit and we'll definitely talk about it in a future episode, but I do have one like fucking penny stock just because if it explodes, I'm a feel like an absolute god, but if it doesn't, I'm just gonna cry. I don't know. I just like you. We both have high uh, high yield savings accounts that so we keep any of our money that we kind of need in a that at any time. We are college kids, you know. We don't have a ton of money. Got to have some of our money easily accessible. So this next section is geared more towards frequently asked questions, questions you at home might have and what you might be thinking about when you listen to this episode, things you might have heard from family or from friends or myths you might believe, anything like that. So Beckham's here to kind of essentially myth bust. I know that show's off the air now, but we're bringing it back. All right, Beckham, what do you got? Give us give me some give me some myths.
1: Okay. So one of the first common myths about the stock market is that stocks only go up. And this is not necessarily true because obviously there's always going to be risk involved in the stock market. Things are going to crash they're not always going to go your way but the majority of the time the stocks are going to be going up stock market always rebounds so far Yes, so
0: far. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's exactly what happened to my Lucid stock. I had I had like $3 in Lucid when I first started investing just basically to play around with it. And now I have about $0.20 cents in Lucid. So the, if the Lucid company is listening right now, fuck you.
1: I guess I should clarify <laughs> because like individual stocks yeah. about companies, they they might not ever rebound, but the market as a whole is always going to rebound. So yeah. the s p 500, if it crashes, that's going to rebound. If the QQQ crashes, it's going to rebound.
0: That's that, I've, been, I've been banking on that lately. I've made like like 90 bucks in the last three months from, from the stock market, from QQQ and the S&P Yeah, S&P we actually just hit
1: another all-time high with the S&P 500 today.
0: As of recording, which was a day that none of you will ever know. We're, we're getting off topic here. Give me, give me yes. another myth back. I'm hitting with it.
1: Another myth is that investing is complicated. It doesn't have to be necessarily. Honestly, maybe some of the best ways people can get started is just doing the research, investing in index funds, knowing what they're buying and what they actually do is going to help a lot. Just holding index funds will be beneficial and it's very low maintenance. You really have to do nothing but let it sit because it's going to increase over time.
0: I got another myth for you, Beckham. It's actually the one that caused us to make this show, which is that investing takes a lot of money. What do you have to say to that?
1: That's not necessarily true. Sure, money helps. But in this in this time of day, the stock market is actually somewhat affordable thanks to fractional buying. We're able to buy fractions of a stock. So that's something that's really nice.
0: Stepping away from the myths for a second, let's, let's go to more of a frequently asked question, FAQ, if you will. Where the hell do we even get started? Where do you start to invest? How do you build that investment fund? Where do you go?
1: There are a variety of brokerages. There's so many these days. There's Three really good ones that have been around for a while now, and all three of these have really low transaction fees. So, the three I'm going to recommend are Fidelity. Charles Schwab, and Vanguard. All three of these are very reliable, professional, and they've been around for almost forever. All these brokerages are gonna have a variety of options for you to choose from. They're gonna have all the securities you want. They're gonna have mutual funds, index funds, ETFs, bonds, you name it. And they're all gonna offer um, different types of accounts. So based on what you're saving for, what you're investing for, you gotta pick account. So if you're saving for a car or a house, you might want to use an individual brokerage account. If you're saving for your kid's education, you might want to use a 529 plan. If you're saving for retirement, you might want to choose a 401k, IRA, or Roth IRA. Yeah,
0: and we're going to go in a lot more depth than that probably in a future episode, maybe in a couple weeks. I use Robinhood for my small stuff. It was super easy to get set up. I did it at lunch one time. I know they have a bit of a history, and honestly, I'm not that educated on that, so don't send me a message if you don't like my opinion here. It's easy. I can look at it all the time. And then I use Fidelity for my larger retirement account for the future. But when I like to just kind of watch my stocks go zoom, I I pick Robinhood.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned this, but I use Fidelity personally and I have a Roth IRA with them.
0: All right, awesome. I think that about wraps up the episode. We'll be right back after this break, if there is one. Uh, sponsor us, please. We need we need money. We're very we're very poor. We're college kids. We need more money to make investing on a budget, so we can our budget can be bigger to invest on. Yes. We're cutting ninety percent of this. This is fucking bullshit. <laughs> so let's go ahead and go to this ad break, and then we'll wrap up the episode. So that just about wraps up our episode, our very first episode, in fact, of Investing on a Budget College Edition. There is no non-college edition, we know. It was a really good episode. We had a lot of good discussions about investing and about what it looks like for people our age and for the future. To conclude, I just want to say that we have a little bit of homework for you, which is just to go out and research a little bit about investing, where you'd want to invest, how much you'd want to invest, find your own information. If you have anything you want to ask us or any information you want to share, any milestones, any discoveries, just let us know. Send us an email at investingonabudgetpod at gmail.com. Now we're going to give you a couple of additional resources like we will at the end of every single episode just to give you a little bit more, give you a place to go and while you're waiting this next week till a new episode comes out. So Beckham, I know you have a page that you'd like to recommend.
1: Yeah, so I personally recommend Jeremy Snyder. You can find his Instagram at Personal Finance Club. So he's a multi-millionaire and he's transparently teaching people how to invest for their first time. He has videos step-by-step, how to open account for your retirements with Vanguard Fidelity. And he personally shares what he invests in himself. He breaks down his entire portfolio to the percent.
0: Yeah, actually, I can confirm that I did get to talk to him for a little while at one point for a project he was working on, and he seems like a really good dude. And he's really authentic, and it's very nice to see that from somebody with a lot of money talking about helping other people there instead of trying to gatekeep that level of wealth. All right, well, thank you guys for coming in. This has been a great episode. It's our first episode, so give us a little grace. It'll get better every time. I just want to say, please make sure that you give us a five-star rating if you like us. Otherwise, don't rate us at all because we got to do good and get money. Just follow the show. Download the episodes. if you're looking to suggest a topic, anything like that, please reach out to us. As I said, our email is pod at gmail.com. This has been the first episode of Investing on a Budget College Edition. Thank you so much for coming in. It has been so much fun. I had a lot of fun. Did you have a lot of fun, Beckham? Not at all. Ah, fuck this dude. It really has been fun, and he's lying, too. He has a smile on his face as he already scrolls through his Snapchat because he can't pay attention for more than five seconds at a time. Not true. It's so true. We'll see you guys next week. And, Beckham, do you want to tell them what our our topic is for next week? No, I have no clue what
1: our topic is for next week.
0: He literally picked the topic. It's credit cards. We'll see you next week, everybody. Have a good
1: week. Bye.
0: Investing on a Budget is hosted and produced by QBEJ Studios. New episodes every Monday at 7 a.m. Eastern. All statements expressed by hosts and guests are the opinions of said hosts and guests and are not to be interpreted as fact. Financial advice given by hosts and guests is meant to aid in the financial health of listeners. However, just as with any financial decisions, they are not without risk. And hosts and guests are not responsible for any losses or damages caused directly or indirectly by the following of their advice. If you have any questions, reach out to us at investingonabudgetpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.